Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. We have ourselves a championship Monday. We have a full season of NFL to talk about, and we're broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com. It's the way that tire buying should be. Well, um, Jay Stu, I don't know how you are. I don't know how Dan Beyer is. Um, hope you guys had a great weekend. I, I, I know that college basketball's championship is on a Monday night. I know we have Monday night football every week. I do feel like because it's a different sport than the NFL, that tonight's game is too soon. Hashtag too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Um, because there was just so much, so much in this final week 18 of the National Football League. Um, like, I can't even get into the guys that set records. You know, Puka Nakua setting the record for rookie uh, receiving yards. On the other hand, there's more games now than there have ever been. Does that take it away? I, I don't know. Uh, probably does, but there's lots of records that were set back when the NFL had a shortened season that we don't talk about. O.J. Simpson's 2,000-yard season, whatever. So uh, there's there's a myriad of little records I think eventually we can get to, but let's just kind of dig in on Black Monday. So here's what we know. Bill Belichick is still in his position with the Patriots. That one we know. Arthur Smith was fired last night after they are blown out by the Saints. So we have uh, Chargers, 
GM and head coach still open. Panthers, they fired Scott Federer today, right? So GM and head coach is open. Atlanta head coaching job uh, is now open. The Raiders head coaching job and general manager job is, in fact, open. Or no, the general manager job is not open as of now. Um, so that's, what, that's four that I'm counting, right? Saints don't feel like it's coming open because they won four of their last five. Tampa not coming open. And those were two that people were like, eh, maybe Dennis Allen, as of now, is safe. As of now, is safe. We'll see on Jacksonville because they had a collapse. They didn't make the playoffs. And um, Pittsburgh ends up getting a big win. Um, and they're in the playoffs with a little bit of help from the Bills last night. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Colts lose at home to the Titans. Okay? Excuse me, to the Texans. Um, the Titans were the ones that upset the Jaguars. So uh, we're, we're, we're searching for answers on Black Money. Today is a day. Now, I will point out that as Jim Harbaugh is a hot name, apparently in Vegas and in L.A. Um, and, oh, Washington came open today, which is to no one's surprise, right? Uh, Ron Rivera let go. Riverboat Ron is no more. So there's your five head coaching openings. I can think of now. There's somebody else that I'm sure I'm missing. And, and we'll keep you updated. There's more. The biggest one is Belichick. Now, I would have thought that, hey, it's the Jets. He hates the Jets. It's a snow game. He loves snow games. Um, I would have thought that this was a game that they could win. They did not. So, if anything, he helps the organization. They only win four games. Now they have a decent draft pick in the first, second, and all the rounds. Here's Bel- Belichick when he talked to r- reporters early this morning. When he was asked about his future with the Pats, um, do what I always do, which is, you know, every day I come in, work as hard as I can to help the team in whatever way I can. Uh, this is Bill Belichick having an exchange about the personnel decision making. Wondering if you've given any serious thought to relinquishing the personnel, maybe some of the draft responsibilities. Look, I'm for whatever, um, you know, collectively we decide as an organization is the best thing to help our football team. I have multiple roles in that, and I rely on a lot of people to help me in those those responsibilities. If somebody's got to have the final say, uh, I have it. I I rely on a lot of other people to help, and, you know, whatever that process is, you know, I'm, I'm only part of it. By the way, Bill Belichick was sick all last week. He just sounds sick. Doesn't he? And doing things that you don't want to do, doing things uncomfortable, like you know, he's not a big media guy. It's, when you're sick, that's got to feel awful. But he did then offer up, like, it seems like Bill Belichick would stay if he had to have his role trimmed down, didn't it? Here's Belichick on his relationship with his owner. Well, I just wanted to clarify something with you. There's been a lot of reporting that, that you and Robert have not met during the course of the season. Is that true? Is it just that you haven't met to talk about your future? How frequently are, have you guys been in communication over the course of the season? We've met during the season. And have they given the, the public nature of the discussion around the team and you specifically? Um, so are we doing a follow-up here, Stacey? I don't understand what's, what's the answer to the question. I was wondering if he's given you any indications about your future because there's been so much discussion about it, Bill. Yeah, uh, I've answered that question three times, Phil. So I, I don't feel like he was getting testy, but he did give some form of answer to that question. So we're left with Bill Belichick, who said two things. He's under contract, and he'd be open to a uh, slimmed-down role, which means one of two things. Either the trimmed-down role is something that he's, he's 
waiting for them to put out there, or they want to trade him instead of fire him so they don't have to pay him and they can compensate the other team. That, that's what it feels like to me. And, and you know, said this before. First, if you're the, if you're the Patriots, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a terrible thing. You know that hey, let's kick him upstairs. It's by the way worked for the Celtics. Granted, Brad Stevens wasn't it, the situation wasn't this dire when he resigned and became the president of the team, but he also didn't see the, the overall success of Bill Belichick. It's not a crazy idea. It, what was crazy about it was no one thought Bill Belichick would go for it previously. And now it feels like, yeah, I think he actually would go for it. Which leads me to wonder how much he actually wants to coach anymore. Now, I hear those answers and my mind kind of gets spinning. What do you think, Dan Byer? What, what is, what's, what's your take? When you hear Bel- Belichick kind of offer up... And, and he said, you know, there's lots of people I depend on for that, those final say. It, that said, you know, he understands there's going to be a whole bunch of change within the organization. But the way he offered it up was, hey, I'm still under contract. I still want to come to work here. Let's figure out a way to make this work. That's what it felt like to me. Or maybe it's I'm still under contract. Somebody's going to have to trade for me to get me. I think that he, I think that he is still keeping in with his company line of how he has dealt with everything, game by game, week by week. I do think for someone who's going to turn 72 in a couple of months, that maybe taking some of that workload off of his plate would be a good way to maybe enter the final chapters of your career. Then just worry about the coaching stuff. Um, maybe because he's done it that way, that, that that's not something that would truly be appealing, but your point and just him offering it up today, I think could be a possibility. I don't I don't think that he's I don't think he's looking to go elsewhere. I just think that he would stick to his guns and if it meant staying in New England, he would stay in New England as opposed to maybe going somewhere and try to do something else for what, three years? Do you really want to do that? If it was the Giants, I would say, okay, maybe. But in any other team, now that the season's over, I don't think so. I, But I do think that him at least bringing it up, he'd maybe be willing to just continue to coach, break Shula's record, or try to break Shula's record, and then go off into the sunset. Jay Stu, I, look, I know you don't like to get into the sports discussion of it, okay? But having been in so many different meetings, we've all moved around jobs. Just give me what you hear from a guy's voice when he seemed to offer up Hey, I still want to stay with the company, even at, at, at a at a slim down role. I think he's the messaging here is that if I leave, it's all on Robert Kraft. And like, remember last week we had this this discussion: can this be an amicable amicable breakup? And to me, when I hear Belichick sticking to his guns, no, there can't be. There's going to be some hard decisions being made. Um, and feelings hurt, and people are going to go to their corners. Um, I think it's going to be ugly now. That's what that's that's how I read that. I don't think for a second Bill Belichick wants to give up the the personnel power. I just think he's basically saying this is all on Robert Kraft's plate, which makes it an even more difficult decision to have. Now, my question for you guys: Are we going to know today what the verdict is here? Like, 
This is an unusual one. He he had the press conference to address the reporters before he supposedly had this this uh, fateful meeting. Are we going to know, do you think, by the end of the day what the answer is here? I don't think so. No. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I, I didn't hear the negativity that, that you did. Um, I, didn't, I didn't hear the negativity you did. You know, I, I didn't hear him putting it all on Robert Kraft. I mean, I, like, I, I don't know. I, that, that is a big thing to tell reporters. Hey, play, play that cut for me one more time, if you would, um, Lorena. Wondering if you've given any serious thoughts of relinquishing the personnel, maybe some of the draft responsibilities. Look, I'm for whatever, um, you know, collectively we decide as an organization is the best thing to help our football team. I have multiple roles in that, and I rely on a lot of people to help me in those in those responsibilities. If somebody's got to have the final say, uh, I have it. I, I rely on a lot of other people to help, and, you know, whatever that process is, you know, I'm, I'm only part of it. Yeah, so he's like, I'm, I'm only part of it. It'd be, it'd be fascinating. Does he relinquish all player personnel decisions and just coach? Does he become some form of president of the operation and not coach? You know? And remember, like, this is, uh, it, it may not matter now, but when Josh McDaniels took the Colts job and then changed his mind shortly thereafter and came back, he was supposed to be, you know, giving him the keys to the vault and teaching him all the secrets. And then Josh left. I don't know if that was a power play in Josh leaving, but there is a world there where you go, whether it's Josh or, you know, Gerard Mayo or whomever takes over and he he takes a mentor. It's just very interesting that he said, hey, whatever we collectively decide. He didn't say whatever Rob Kraft decides, Chase, too. That's where I would disagree with you. That's where I would. That's where I would. I would disagree. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to... Like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 
Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What up with your Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. Hope you get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. It's the way that tire buying should be. Welcome in. My man Chris Felica is going to join us. He's getting ready, like so many of us, for the national championship game tonight. Which is weird, right? I'm not the only one that thinks it's weird. Usually college football Saturday, NFL Sunday. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, what would be a better play? Would next Saturday be a better one? Remember, with the new playoff coming out, I think it's going to be uh, more end of end of January. It's like the 25th is next year's championship game. Bayer, let me ask you, you know all things. Uh, and, and another good, a good, not great uniform matchup tonight. It's not that Washington's is not great, and it's, you know, it's always been the same. But it's not as synonymous with championship football as Michigan is, right? Um, yeah, it's been a long time since Michigan won one. Well, Michigan's you know helmet is is iconic. As much as I can't stand them, I can't admit that. The Washington going all white uniforms, like no purple, you know. Yeah. Um, I think adds a little less color. And Michigan not going with the gold pants, going with the blue pants tonight, just makes it a very. And I think you know, I think monochrome, all one color, can work. You know, even Washington has an all-purple uniform. I'm looking at highlights right now, and, and it works at times. But just to have blue on white, yeah, I don't know. Okay, what about the game? If you could pick a day for it to work best. It just, I don't know, especially like Black Monday. Like, we have all this coaching firings and getting ready for the NFL playoffs. Yeah. And, oh, here's the It just, it feels like we, like, didn't have another day for it, so we forced it in this day. Yeah, I agree. I think that, I, I think you could do it on Thursday. I think Thursday would be a good lead-in. You have your Thursday night game That's that good. we're so accustomed to, and then you yeah. have, you know, a full wild card weekend that would give us a couple of days to talk about this. I just checked in with some, you know, buddies of mine in in Houston, um, down there, and you know, that work at our affiliate 790 in, in Houston, and said, "What's the buzz today?" They said, "Oh, it's it's all Texans making the playoffs. Like there's no Washington or Michigan, you know." hype it's all about texans winning the afc south and hosting the playoff game on saturday so even in in that setting obviously would have been different if texas would have beaten washington you would have had the longhorns in that game but yeah yeah kind of crazy they also haven't been able to get it right in terms of the location you know last year you had tcu and georgia in la it was raining like it was and it was a blowout it was just not great you know no matter how many georgia fans there are like that's a long way and this year, Houston had Texas been in it. It had been unbelievable. Obviously, um, any of the SEC. Michigan will travel well. I'm sure Washington will travel well because they haven't been there in so long. But it's just it's just those those schools are not synonymous with the area. Yeah, correct. And they, there's a reason that college football isn't the NFL. 
So they, I, and I know that they're going to these places where there's newer stadiums, but so I'm sorry, it just doesn't work. I, you know, SoFi versus the Rose Bowl was the discussion last week, and you know, for the sake of this argument, uh, you know, I would say that it 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 also fits. Um, you know, Santa Clara was a complete disaster when you had the two best teams in college football at that time in Clemson and Alabama. Like it was just. There's only certain spots that you can really go to, and I and I do think, by the way, I do think Houston could be one of them. But it just it has to be like LSU needs to be there, or you need to have an SEC team, or it has to be Texas, or you know that's that has to happen when you have a Pac-12 and a Big Ten and soon to be double Big Ten, you know, matchup. Yeah, it just doesn't doesn't work. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird thing. Georgia and Alabama played in Indianapolis, and it was weird. Yeah, you know, no, I mean so. that one, that one only works in Atlanta or New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta or New Orleans. You know, maybe Miami as well. You know, um, but it does feel like Houston should be better than this. Part of it is that place is such a, it, it's so big, it's so oversized, big. It's it's just a big box. I don't know. I'm not in love. Although you know, one of the great iconic college basketball games was there. That was the Villanova, North Carolina finals. Sure. And it was, it, but it was still, again, just carnivorous, uh, not carnivorous, cavernous place. Yeah, it was also the home of the 2011 yeah, which Butler was a VCU, right. yeah, UConn, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. that Final Four. Um, so, okay, so that, that's that's upcoming tonight. We'll preview that. Chris Felica will join us, okay, because he's got the Bear Bets podcast. But let's talk about what we loved and what we hated from the weekend. What did you love? God, I love you. And what did you hate? Meet these player haters. Okay, um, let's go around the room a little bit. Um, Jay Stu, uh, you know, I'd love to know what you loved because usually you just hate everything. That's a good point. Um, and I'm going to throw you a curveball, guys. Uh, pun intended. Dodgers baseball. Um this kind of, this, uh, Dodgers baseball. Yeah, this flew way under the radar yesterday. Yeah, for a reason. Like in the middle of everything, the Dodgers signed a one-year contract uh, for Teoscar Te Hernandez. Sure. Power-hitting right-handed outfielder who will give you like 25 to 30 home runs, might knock in 100 runs, and he's going to be their everyday outfielder. That gives a right-lefty, right-lefty combination off the top of their order – I mean, I guess the biggest problem is what do you do with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, uh, and Shohei Otani, and now Teoscar Hernandez? How do you assemble them at the top of your order? Um, That's our biggest problem going into the season. And I love that. I'm going to give you one before I come back around my sports love. Okay? All right. So, uh, as you guys on the show know, uh, Matt Holiday, former All-Star with the St. Louis Cardinals, is one of my dear friends. Matter of fact, when I go back to Stillwater, Oklahoma, which I've done several times this year consulting with Oklahoma State basketball, um, he and his family, they, like, insist that I stay with them. Like, I have another buddy who's moved out of town. He's got a house, and I stay there and, or, you know, stay at a hotel, whatever. And they were like, no, you got to stay with us. So I, they're, they're incredible people. Well, Jackson Holiday, number one prospect in minor league baseball. Uh, not this year, previous year, 2022's number one overall pick in the draft. He got married this weekend. Congratulations to him and, he and Chloe. They got married. So, but that's not what I love. Okay? Oklahoma State was playing Baylor. Right? I'm, I'm watching the game on my phone 
and then watching other games on TV, getting ready for the Indiana-Ohio State game. And I'm texting back and forth with Matt about the game. And I was like, hey, it's like 3.03. Isn't Jackson getting married? Sends me a picture. Yeah, he's getting married in 27 minutes. They were sitting there watching the game, waiting for the, waiting for the game to be over before they started the wedding. I just love that. That's awesome. That's so great. Anyway, go ahead there, uh, uh, Dan Byer. I loved seeing the uh, the Texans-Colts game provide all the drama that you could have hoped for. And I, I feel bad for Tyler Goodson and, and Gardner Minshew um, in, to have the, the moment that they had on the fourth down. But I also thought it was a perfect representation of what the NFL is. Uh, you know, Jay Stu's been on the product all season long and, and – how uh, poorly of a product it is and who knows what's going to happen. And I thought that that was a perfect representation that even the most simplest, easiest of plays was difficult to complete. And in this instance, it cost the Indianapolis Colts a chance at a playoff berth. Um, And just to see C.J. Stroud perform like he did, like it was – it wasn't a perfect football game. It was a really good football game because of the, the highs and lows that it had. And I just kind of felt like the ending was just, I don't know, pretty fitting. Plus, I called the safety. I knew the Texans were going to take a safety you did. at six. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I thought Saturday night was, uh, was a good night for football. Saturday night's all right for fighting as well. Um, also good for Did you see fight. Steichen? Um, I mean, there are a lot of lip readers on this, but I think it was pretty but- accurate. He said something like, that's on you. He was talking to Minchu because it was there, but I think is what he that said, right? Actually, that clip, unfortunately, was from a play earlier in the game. It was like in the first half. It wasn't yeah. from the last. Oh, that's what yeah. was discovered? Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm behind on that one. That's all right. Disregard. I'll clean no, that up and you, You're not behind on it because everybody thought that, but nobody like called it out. And then we Because Steichen was looking the other way. Like That was on the other side of the field from where their sideline was yeah but again like anything that goes viral nobody reads anything they just look at it and say oh that's what it is so yeah (laughs) don't worry about it i'm guilty of that yeah lorena okay doug i'm really excited to tell you okay this is a big moment for lorena right now i got six for zero on my picks this weekend Six four zero. Six and zero, right like all my things won yeah Yeah. all my teams won six and oh in the nfl dog that is, when were those know, picks made? How hard is that? On Friday. On the show? Yeah, on uh, Covino and Rich's show. Oh, okay. Against yeah. the line or just straight up? Uh, you just picked up, the winners? Straight, straight up. up. Yeah, straight, straight up. up. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. That's amazing. Was there a, Did you have a system? No. No. It was pure off the, the whim of my thoughts. <laughs> I love that. Well, and doesn't that show, though, Doug, isn't that a perfect example Yes. Of how full of crap people are when they try to pick NFL games. This is nothing against Lorena. She had an amazing weekend. <laughs> yeah. No but offense not, taken. Not you. But, yeah. but, but not, Colin, not you. But you're an idiot, okay? That's what I'm saying here. That's what I – yeah. you, you just – no, but you're saying there are people that say they have numbers and they Correct. have all this system. And if you call 1-800-99-BETS, you know, you're going to need another number. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you go 99 bets one anyway uh yeah it, it does i mean like look this happens with me with the ncaa tournament you know like i study this thing i know all these teams i call the coaches whatever but sports is weird that way sports is weird that way yeah it, it's a great example 
Um, okay, something I love from the weekend. Ooh, there's so many things I love. I, I I love Jordan Love playing the way he played and the, the throws he made. Just because, um, not because I, I told people I understood why he was drafted three years ago, that we forget Aaron Rodgers was coming off a disappointing year and he was a developmental prospect. But, like, we didn't have... You don't know, none of us know anything here sitting in a studio, especially at home. Okay, we just don't. The only way you're going to tell if Jordan Love can play or can't play is if he played 17 games. And he did. And you know what? He's pretty good. Does that mean that he's the next Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? It does not. But he's way better than the way he had been discussed. That team was way better than the disaster that they were predicted to be. And there were so many that knew so little that said he wasn't good at football without really watching. I just, I, I thought that was great. All right, what about the other side? Something you hated. Uh, we do have plenty of time left, Jay Stu, for you to go into your hatred list. Yeah, I think of all the things that I hated over the weekend, I, I couldn't stand watching the Chargers lose. Now, it was very predictable, and it could actually help them as they, they secured, I think, the fifth overall pick in the draft. But watching them lose yesterday was a reminder of how god-awful the season is. Like, I don't think they get enough crap for having the season that they did. This was a team that was primed with talent, I think. And they completely underwhelmed and... The way that they played the last four or five weeks without Brendan Staley, I like the effort. I like the guts. But it also was an indictment on the decision to keep Brendan Staley around. Um, so the Chargers losing yesterday, the reason why I hated it, it was a reminder of just how awful they played this season. Uh, Dan Byer? Well, by the time that uh, Matt Prater took the field to kick not one but two field goals that likely would have put it away for the Arizona Cardinals, the Seahawks' playoff hopes had, had been uh, extinguished by the Green Bay Packers' victory. So I know it's only two draft spots, but the Seahawks winning a game on a missed 51-yard field goal at the gun where they could have moved up a little bit higher in the first round was actually very frustrating because in the times where you needed them to win, like in week 17 against the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they couldn't do it. But then when it, there's, hey, nothing going on, luck goes their way and they end up winning a f- uh, football game. So, by the way, that kick also missed by Prater allowed the Cardinals to jump the Chargers and move ahead of them in the draft. Yes, Otherwise, yes. the Chargers would have been picking fourth overall if Prater uh, makes the kick and the Cardinals beat the Seahawks. Mm. That's good. Uh, okay, what about you there, Lorena? Something okay, this hated. one's not necessarily sports related, but you know we live in Southern California and it has just been so cold this weekend. I can't even step outside. The breeze is just shivering. I can't do it. How cold is it? 53 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah, it sounds ridiculous. Okay. It, it's, it is ridiculous. It doesn't sound ridiculous, Lorena. <laughs> okay. It is ridiculous, Lorena. I think about our friends on the East Coast, and I'm like, I know you are just in a snowstorm. Oh, yeah. My, my buddy cold. Pequot Pat, he's in town. He's in L.A. from Westport, Connecticut, so he's missing this big storm that's he's coming He's probably Most... wearing shorts and a tank top right now in California. He is. He is. <laughs> he is. Uh, big gold chain as well. No, no question. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Something else that I hate. Oh, this one's... Um, 
There was other things that I loved. Did you guys see Jake Browning's girlfriend and her outfit yesterday? You hated that, huh? I did not hate that. Did not hate that. I had the opposite of hate with that one. I mean, that's that's her job, right? Cheer for your guy and look hot doing it. She accomplished both tasks. I mean, he even had his his jersey number on on the onesie thing she was wearing. I'm gonna have Solid. to look this up. I love a good outfit. You haven't seen it? No. Google Jake Browning's girlfriend. Yes. Actually, Lorraine, I'd love your take here on on the on the outfit uh, before we get to before we get to my what I hate. What do you think, though, Lorena? Give me two seconds. Well, you're a slow typer. I didn't really want to exit different. out of my Amazon shopping cart. She's <laughs> oh, sell, selling out what you're really doing instead of following the show. <laughs> I love that. No. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I like the hat. The hat for sure. But that body onesie, okay, girl. If your body eats like that, you could wear that all day. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Cheer for your man. Look hot doing it. She accomplished both tasks. Um, I'll tell you what I hate. I hate people misinterpreting Tom Izzo's rant about analytics. So Tom Izzo went on this rant yesterday. They lost last night to Northwestern in basketball. And Michigan State was a preseason top 10 team. And they started out the season in disappointing fashion. And then up until that game, they'd won five in a row. Um, starting with a Baylor win. Baylor's a good team. But they, they lose, and it wasn't close to Northwestern, 88-74. to 74. So he's like, I hate analytics and blah, 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 blah. But if you listen to the meat of the rant, it was more about toughness and about physicality and how analytics can't, doesn't track that. That was what it was about. But, you know, people are so defensive of analytics and they want, because he's an old white guy, that somehow he's missing the point of analytics. They're not actually listening to the gist of what he's saying. I just hate when... We make assumptions about things. And, and look, again, if you just lis- listen to that I hate analytics, you're like, oh, well, he hates analytics. He's no. But the meat of the rant was Northwestern was way more physical and imposed their will on Michigan State. And you can't look at analytic data and find that out. I despise people that listen to rants like that and come up with the wrong narrative from it. And that's love and hate. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. That's what I thought when I was watching Sunday night. Anybody else have that thought? Say your thought Uh, one more time, Doug. I said uh, Packers had themselves a dude. That's what I thought when I was watching Sunday night. It's Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, Shortly after the show, our podcast was going up. If you missed any of today's show, be sure to check out the podcast. Just search Doug Gottlieb wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow, rate, review um, our podcast. Subscribe to it. Again, just search Doug Gottlieb wherever you get your podcast. And you can see today's show posted right after we get off the air, plus our special one-hour podcast-only version. Uh, That should be great. Um, I don't know. Am, am I the only one? Like, dude, people made assessments of of Jordan Love last year in in limited instances, and some thought he's going to be good. Then we go to the preseason, early season, and he's going to be bad. And actually, early season he was good, and then he went through a four week stretch where he didn't throw the ball downfield, and uh, things were a mess. He ends up with the second most touchdown passes in the NFL. Is that right? Uh, and they have a good young wide receiving core. Aaron Rodgers comes, m- money comes off the books. I would guess they'll find a way to get David Bakhtiari. will probably retire. That money will come off the books. Now, look, the the defense is going to take a lot of it's going to take a lot of work. But and they didn't play the Lions like the team that the, they played at the end of at the end of the year. There's some similarities. Last year, remember Aaron Rodgers' last game, they played the Lions at home. The Lions beat them. This time they played the Bears at home. Divisional opponent, rival, uh, a team that was playing good football coming in. But I don't think the expectations are that the Bears will have a Lions type of year this coming year. But whatever, there's some similarities there. And the game wasn't even as close as the score. Wasn't as close as the score. Now some of that is the Bears, I don't care what the record is, they're not very good. They're not. And they'll move on from Justin Fields. But more importantly, he made some throws that were just really impressive. Did fumble. Okay. Uh, there was some mismanagement at the end of the first half. Was his fault? Was wide receiver's fault not getting out of bounds? You know, they got to get out of bounds in that situation. But it, it felt, you know, at the start of the year when he signed that $8 million extension, you're like, this guy stinks and he knows he stinks. And he's just signing up so he can get, you know, high-end backup money next year. Now you're going to throw him out there making $8 million next year. You're like, we got a bargain again. Again. 
I couldn't be the only one super impressed by Jordan Love, could I? Byer, you are the Packers. I mean, the other things about the Packers wear you down. But Jordan Love was really, really impressive in that game. Was that last? It was last night in Green Bay. Yesterday afternoon, yeah. Yesterday afternoon, yeah. Yeah. He's he's actually put on quite a show the last few weeks with throws that that are just um, that top-level quarterbacks make. And this was the... The the last last seasons when when he came in for Rodgers in a game against Philadelphia seemed to be completely different than when we had saw him in a spot against the Chiefs the year prior. There was a different guy, but you're right, there was a roller coaster, and you just wonder now how much of that had to do with how young their receiving core was this year in terms of getting everybody adjusted, uh, because not only you know. Is Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs in their second year, but you just added Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks, who had two touchdowns yesterday. You added two new tight ends. So that also likely could have been a part of it. And now you see where they're going. I mean, he threw for 300 yards and his completion percentage, I think it was 84%. Yeah. Yeah, he's spinning it. He's really spinning it. Really, really spinning it. I just, I, I then, and then you look and you're like, I, I know Brian Gunnikens has taken a lot of heat. And look, with all the money, they could screw it up again. Because the defense isn't good. Wide receiving core is pretty good, pretty young. Obviously, they have Aaron Jones, who, when you have Aaron Jones, that's, a, that's just a different, um, uh, yeah. a, a different level of back, and it, it, it changes everything. Um, but now you sit there and go, like, well, he's managed his cap really, really well. They're going to be in good shape. And if Jordan Love is as good as he's played here for most of the season, they're going to be in great shape. Because the hardest thing to get is what they got. The rest of the stuff, okay, like you're, you're not going to hit on everything, but you got money to spend. They got some good young players, and they seem to have a quarterback. Um, and, and they didn't do what, what I think so many organizations do, or they haven't yet, which is you see a little glimpse of hope and you overpay a guy for far too long, and then you get stuck. I mean, you don't do what the Giants did. I mean, think about the Giants and what they did with Danny Dimes as opposed to what, what the and, – and granted, different time span uh, with Danny Dimes. And they saw Danny Dimes more. But they signed him to basically a two-year, $40 million per year deal. Now, Jordan Love hadn't started a whole year. He did just lead him to the playoffs, which Danny Dimes did last year. They're not going to sign him to an $80 million a year deal. He's got $8 million next year, and I think they'll re- reevaluate. And if he has a year like this year, next year, well, then now you're in that range. Now you're in that range. TJ Spinzada joins, joins me, former Pro Bowl wide receiver, FS1 NFL analyst, co-host of Up On Game with LeVar Arrington and Plexico Burris, which you can hear each Saturday on Fox Sports Radio. You can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Um, Hoosh, let's let's start with Jordan Love. Where were you on Jordan Love before the season began? In fact, Marcellus Wiley sent me a message earlier in this year letting me know that I told him Jordan Love was going to be a really good player before the season started. And I was like, well, Marcellus, I can't be right about everything. Well, it looks like I was right. Um, I like Jordan Love, Doug. Obviously, his first year as a starter leads him to the playoffs. Um, had some highs and some lows, but the way he's been playing lately, just extremely confident, meaning 
he's in the pocket. He's throwing a lot of balls off his back foot, extremely accurate. And they're such a young team. All the receivers are young. He's young. I'm high on Jordan Love. I really look forward to seeing um, how he performs in these playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised. Mac, he looked like an absolute dude. Um, was last night, because, look, it was typical Josh Allen stuff. He threw a bad pick in the end zone. Um, they did have a couple of drops in the end zone as well, but he fumbled. Uh, there was the end of the first half, a lot like the Packers game, right, where they got stopped and didn't kick a field goal, got stopped like the one-foot line at the end of the first half, but still end up kind of winning going away. Got some help from a kick return touchdown. Was that more about the Bills and how good they can be, or is it more about the Dolphins and who they really are? you got to give credit to the Bills. To me, it's the Bills and how good can they really be. Josh Allen didn't play a great game. Statistically, it doesn't look – oh, he played great. Threw for over 300 yards. uh, Ran for quite a few within itself, over 50. But the bad interceptions in the red zone – fumble, but they are a complete team. You get you get the punt return for a touchdown. The defense played extremely well. But we have to put this into context also. Raheem Mostert, one of the Miami Dolphins' best players, he didn't play. Jalen Waddle, one of their best players, he didn't play. And so Tua didn't have all his weapons. He didn't have everybody, but you give the Bills credit. The Bills are playing great football when it matters most. Late December, early January. That was a team effort. Josh Allen had great stats, but he didn't play particularly well when your first interception on the season in the red zone comes in a a game where it's for the division. The Bills are going to be a problem in the playoffs because they can win games defensively, and we know they can win them offensively. Um, Okay, let's let's, uh, pop around the league. Uh, Eagles, again, end of the season, so game doesn't really matter, but the way in which they play, the way in which they look, the way in which they finish the season, is it is it more than just their defense isn't town enough? Like, what's really going on with the Eagles from your perspective? Man, the Eagles look bad. Jalen Hurts was 7 for 16, Doug, for 55 yards with an interception. Like, what? At one point during this season, we thought the Philadelphia Eagles were the best team in football. Well, a lot. A lot of people thought they were the best team in football until they faced the Niners, and it was like, whoa, wait, what just happened? I don't know what's wrong with them, but defensively, they stopped no one. Offensively, pretty much the same team that they had last year. And they can't do what they were doing. Did Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon leaving, did that really affect them that much? I mean, that's all I that's that's the only change. That's a big change. And, and so I gotta get those guys credit for the impact that they had on the Eagles. If the Eagles were playing anybody other than the Bucks, they'd be going home. Like I no doubt in my mind they'd be losing. I think they can beat the Bucks, but I I'm not certain of it. Not the way they played. You you can't play football the way they played down the stretch and really pick the Eagles and be confident in that. You just can't. You can't just turn, oh, the regular season doesn't matter. We're going to turn it on in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what they matter, right? Then you guys want to win the division? That matters. Uh, the game against the Cardinals matter, right? You want to win the division, right? 
and so they're not just going to be able to turn it on. They'll, they'll probably win this weekend, then it'll be over. Um, Puka Nakua, did, did, did you see this? I mean, like you are, you still, you work with all these top-level wide receivers, all these top-level quarterbacks throw to them. Did you know this Puka Nakua was capable of this? No, nobody did. Because if they did, he would have been drafted in the first round. But I will say this, I felt he would play well because I trained him. Anybody that I train, I think they're going to do well. Like, we, we work on so many physical things. But, Doug, every, when you ask anybody to a man in every sport, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, give me a percent what the game is physical to mental. And everybody always says it's 80 mental, 20 physical, 90 physical, or 90 uh, mental, 10% physical. We spend a lot of time on a mental part of the game as we prepare through this process. It's not just always physical. We... I try to get them mentally to understand the game of football, to believe in themselves, to always have confidence in themselves, no matter whether you're having success or you're having failure. But did I think he would be the best rookie receiver in the history of the National Football League? Absolutely not. But I knew he would play well, and it's really cocky because he works with me. And that is cocky. But I just feel very comfortable and confident in what I teach guys is the right thing. How's McVay done this? Because we went to their camp, and it felt like we were being sold a bunch of BS, right? We just got a bunch of young guys. And, you know, forever they had not cared about draft picks. Now they're trying to pitch us on these draft picks. How have the Rams done this? McVay is a master motivator, man. That's a, McVay is a hell of a coach. When you make it to the playoffs with a team that many didn't think would win four or five games, you are a great coach. You're not a good coach. You are a great coach. Um, you're pushing all the right buttons. Guys are playing for you, for themselves, for their teammates. They don't want to let anybody down. And so McVay is a great psychologist because a head coach, you just have to manage personalities and you have to manage them the right way. We know he knows the X and knows, but it's how he's able to reach grown men and get them to reach their potential. You have to give McVay a ton of credit. Um, Belichick today said, you know, seemed to say he would at least relinquish some form of the player control, uh, the player acquisition duties. Is there any way that that relationship continues between Belichick and the Pats? <laughs> I wouldn't do it if I'm the Patriots. No, like you just not realize you need to relinquish control. You're great on defense. You. Doesn't matter who you get on defense, Bill. They gonna play well. I'm gonna give you that. But offensively, what it just took you this year to realize you need to relinquish um, player personnel decisions. No, I, every relationship, for the most part, when you and we were talking professional sports, runs its course. It's run its course. It, it's just move on and, and try to restore um, your name, so to speak, because. He's never going to lose the aura of being a great head coach. But many people are now, oh, yeah, it was Brady. Bill is the best defensive coach the National Football League has ever seen. But on the offensive side of the ball and winning without Tom Brady, that's a big question mark. And so if I'm the Patriots, I appreciate everything that he's done. Obviously, the greatest coach in the league, in league history. But move on, go to a team that has a quarterback and an offensive system and players in place and see if you can get it going again. 
because it's not going to happen in New England. They're not winning New England. They don't have the pieces on offense. You know how long that's going to take? They don't have them. Where does Harbaugh work the best? Raiders, Chargers? What do you think? Southern California. Like, you're going to go into a division with Patrick Mahomes and you don't know what you have in Vegas? I'm going to a team that I know has a guy that's touching the ball every play that can get me where I want to go, talent-wise. Now, he hasn't shown that in Herbert, but we all believe, talent-wise, he can do it. Now, they have a bit of a cap mess, you know, with Keenan Allen, his cap hit, Mike Williams, Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derringer, all these dudes. But you still got Herbert under center. For me, if I'm Harbaugh, it's a no-brainer because there's a lot of teams that are compelling you can look at the Falcons now and say, wow, they have a lot of skill guys. Oh, no quarterback. The commanders, skill guys, really good. Oh, got to draft the guy. I'm going with the guy that I know can get it done, that's shown me he can get it done, and I'm going to the Chargers. No questions. If if they want me, and business-wise, everything is equal uh, in Southern California if I'm Harbaugh. Uh, Jameis Winston apparently ordered the code red, right? They were going to go into victory formation. And then he decided to hand the ball to Jamal Williams and get a touchdown. Um, there are some that said, like, look, this is a clear sign that Dennis Allen has no control of his football team. I, I, quarterbacks overruling their coach happens all the time. I just, you know, I don't, I, I don't mind you scoring, but line up like you're going to play, not in the victory formation. You played in this league. What do you think? Man, that, that, that situation is different. Because guys could have gotten hurt on the defensive side of the ball. Because when the defensive players fire off in victory formation, the offensive guys get pissed. They're mad. They're angry. They're ready to fight. What are you doing? Are we chilling. So, conversely, the defensive line is chilling, and you're coming off the ball trying to get this touchdown. I get it. You know, Jamal Williams, all he's done for the team. and But you could have hurt somebody. I don't like it because of that aspect and that perspective. And, and so... Should Jameis Winston and offense have done that? Absolutely not. But to call for his job or to say uh, he overruled, the, it was a decision off the offensive line. They were in on it. Uh, they, they fired off the ball. They knew what was coming. And, and so I don't agree with it, but it shows you – how much Jamal Williams means to that team and the guys in that locker room. Um, it was kind of odd. It was very, very different. I have a feeling moving forward uh, the defense is going to let up anymore in that type of situation just because you never know what's going to happen. You were a huge believer of C.J. Stroud. When I, I, others did not. Others did not. What was it about C.J. that showed you you thought he could be this? I'm glad you remember that, Doug. I'm really glad that you remember before the draft that I was pretty much the only guy on television and on radio saying this. I am almost well. You you were it wasn't just radio and TV. Like for people who don't know, like I text you all the time because you work these dudes out because I want to know what the real real is, right? And uh, and and again, I'll I'll give the other way where I remember when Joe Burrow first threw. You're like, man, I don't see it. And then probably about four or five days in, you text me. You're like. You know, his ball isn't special, but he's special. That's, that's what that you said. But Stroud, yeah. you, you were all in on. What was it about Stroud you liked? It's the accuracy that he displayed. But 
outside of football, Doug, this is so true. The way he treated everybody that he came in contact with, he made them feel like they were important. And when you're a quarterback and you're going into a locker room to lead grown men and you're in your 20s, that matters. Just the way that he treated people, the way he made them feel like they were important. The, the football aspect of it and the accuracy, and I saw that right away. I mean, I saw that when he was in high school. But it was him as a person more than anything, and you're starting to see that. He immediately walks into the locker room and into that huddle, and he was the leader of that team. They, they're going to be dangerous. Once they continue to gel and – get some more explosiveness on an offensive side of the ball, they are going to be a team in a franchise for years and years and years that this may be Brady and Belichick all over again with Ryans and Stroud. And and they have, D'Amico, and like you said, D'Amico Ryans, big-time dude as a head coach. That's an impressive group. TJ, let's catch up soon, man. Appreciate you joining me. Doug, I appreciate it, man. Take care, brother. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.